Christ comes for his people, the waiting of the believer is gonna be fulfilled. When Christ comes with his people, the waiting of creation will be fulfilled. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Hi, this is Jim Scudder. I'm so thankful for you listening again today here on In Grace as we are in an exciting series called Armageddon's Dawn. And today we're going to continue to talk about the rapture. What is it and when is it? And if you missed yesterday, definitely go back to our website or the podcast and listen to the message, the first half of the message yesterday. But today we're going to talk more about this. What is the rapture? How come we can't find the word rapture in the Bible But is the concept there? Of course, I do believe it is. I believe that the Lord's return for the bride, the church, is imminent. It's any time. And things are really lining up around the world to be conducive to what we're finding in Scripture about the tribulation period. So uh, we're going to talk about this more today. And by the way, let me just mention tomorrow. Uh, Tomorrow, I think, is a very important broadcast because we're going to be talking about this question. Will the church go into the tribulation? Again, that dovetails into what we're talking about today. But all of this is so critical as we study the end times in our series, Armageddon's Dawn. We have a free prophecy for you, and I'd love to send this to you as my way of making sure you're equipped to really understand the incredible prophecies of the Bible that are yet to be fulfilled. So just contact us and ask for the free prophecy chart, and we will send it to you. You can also go to our website and request it to be mailed to you, or you can download it right to your device. So if you have a smartphone or a uh, iPad, a tablet, a computer, uh, you can even print it out at home, but we can also mail you a copy. And again, this is free. Just contact us at 1-800-78-GRACE, 1-800-78-GRACE, or just go to our website at ingraceradio.com. We also are excited because we're going to be in Arizona on Saturday. Uh, here we're in the Chicago area. It's at you know end of January. It's cold. And my wife and I are really excited to go to Arizona. And the reason is because, yes, it's going to be warmer and it's beautiful, but we're going to meet some beautiful people. I hope to meet you if you're in that area. Gathering Grace is a gathering. It's a free event that In Grace puts on where our staff goes, my wife and I, and I'll be teaching about the end times. We have a meal. We have some gifts just to get to know you. And uh, I'm excited about that. I don't know if we have any free tickets left, but you can check on our website, at ingraceradio.com. When you get to the website, click on Gather in Grace, and there you'll find all the information about our Phoenix event coming up this Saturday. Some Christians think that we're going to go through some of the tribulation. So I don't know any way to say that there is no rapture. So 1 Thessalonians 4 and in Corinthians, I mean, in many other places, we have clear doctrinal teaching of the return of the Lord to gather the church. So the question then is, for Christians, when is the rapture? Is it before the tribulation? Some Christians believe it's in the middle of the tribulation, and some Christians believe it's at the end of the tribulation. We'll get more into this next time, but I'll just tell you real quick, if it were in the middle of the tribulation, I could tell you exactly when it would be. 
because I know exactly when the middle of the tribulation will be. It'll be exactly three and a half years after the Antichrist signs a seven-year treaty with Israel, a peace treaty. Isn't that interesting, though? There's a call by every president of the United States, even our current president, for peace in the Middle East. There's a call. Why? Why not other countries? Why Israel? There's been such an attempt because it's the focal point of God, of the world. Israel is the center of the world. 1 Thessalonians 1.10 says to wait for his son. If it were in the middle of the tribulation, there would be no longing expectation because we know exactly when he's coming. If it were to come at the end of the tribulation, I can tell you exactly when that is as well. The only thing that makes sense if we don't know the day or the hour is this position right here, which is called pre-tribulational. These are things that we don't have to break fellowship over if you believe wrong. Um, if you, <laughs> sorry. If you believe differently. <laughs> oh, wow. I got to really kind of start filtering things better. Um, if you believe differently, if we all go up before the tribulation, then and I'll have my glorified body, I won't say I told you so because that would be sinful and prideful, right? So anyways, but these are things that I think we can clearly study the scripture and see, and again, these are when exactly, we just know it's going to come. We just know Jesus is coming back, and that is a key doctrine that we all have to keep. But I believe it's going to be before the tribulation. By the way, we're also talking about a personal visible return of Christ. This isn't an angel returning to gather the church. This isn't some other divine event. This isn't death. This isn't the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus himself. How do we know that? We have a couple of verses I'm going to give you. Before we get to those, let me finish 1 Thessalonians 1.10. To wait for the Son from heaven, whom he hath raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. If we are raptured in the middle of the tribulation, we're going to have to go through some of the judgments. If we're raptured at the end of the tribulation, we're going to have to go through more judgments. The only place, if we're going to be saved from the wrath to come, it has to be before the tribulation. Anyways, why do we believe this is personal and visible? This is Jesus himself. Well, John 14, 3, Jesus tells us, tells the disciples at the Last Supper, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. That's personal. I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there ye may be also. In Acts 1, 11, as Jesus was ascending, this is called his ascension. He's in heaven right now. He's coming back. But it says, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? By the way, that's what we would be all doing, just looking like, wow, that was cool. And then the angel said, now, why are you guys just standing there? Get busy. You got some work to do. He's coming back. He said, this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you've seen him go up into heaven. So we know he's coming back. This return of Christ don't get confused by this. There's two stages to the return of Christ. When we say the second coming of Christ, that's the second coming to the earth of Christ. So when he comes in the air, he's not coming to the earth, so we don't call that the second coming. We call that Jesus is coming, but he's coming in the air to return to gather the church. It's called the bride in the Bible. 
He's the groom, we're the bride, to gather the bride. For us to be out of here during the tribulation period, to come back with him at the end. That's his second coming, when he comes back to earth. First time he came, he came to earth. He came to Bethlehem. He left the Mount of Olives, he's coming back to the Mount of Olives. So keep that in mind, the two phases, the two stages of the rapture. But let's remember how we know the difference between the two stages. Now, listen carefully. First, Christ descends into the air. That's what we just read about. To gather his children unto himself. And frequently, that's referred to as Christ coming for his saints or the rapture. Then after a period of seven years, the Lord descends to earth. The first is him descending in the air to gather his saints. Then he descends to earth and that's called the coming with his saints. Okay, you see the difference? Coming for his saints in the air, coming with his saints in the end. And that's also called the revelation of Jesus Christ. When the Lord descends into the air, his people are caught up to meet him. When the Lord descends to earth, his people come back with him. You see the difference? On the two phases of the return of the Lord. Christ comes for his people before the tribulation. Christ comes with his people at the end after the tribulation, or more properly, we would say, to bring to end the tribulation. And that's what's called the Battle of Armageddon. We'll get into that more as we go through the study. We see this typified in Genesis. Do you all remember the story of Joseph? It's a whole long story. We're going to get nearly to the end of it in Genesis 46. But Joseph's family, his father and his family, know that he's now in Egypt. He's the second in command. He's saved Egypt from famine. Now he's saving the world from the famine. His brethren are coming, his father, and he goes out to meet them. And then later on, we find that he takes his family to Pharaoh to reveal them, to make them known. Do you see the two phases? It's a picture Christ comes and meets us in the air and takes us to heaven. And then we come back with him and he's going to present us to the world. Look at Romans chapter 8 verse 23. We see the two phases in these two, what we call the two waitings. In Romans 8, 23, and we're going to read Romans 8, 19 next. And the reason I put 23 before 19, because this is the order it's going to go in. Then this, by the way, follows so beautifully with 1 Thessalonians 1, 10 that we read just a few minutes ago. Revelation 8, 23 talks about this waiting where we groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of the body. That's the first waiting. We're waiting for the redemption of the body when Christ comes for his people. And our bodies are groaning, right? As we get older, especially, and more rickety, and more jalopy-like, and rusty. The parts, they don't make them anymore. Don't you like that when you go to the dealer? Uh, we can't get parts. What does that mean? It means you're not driving that anymore. And then we have this other waiting in Revelation 8, 19. The earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. The second waiting is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God when Christ comes with his people. Do you see the difference? 
of these two phases of the return of Christ. When Christ comes for his people, the waiting of the believer is going to be fulfilled. When Christ comes with his people, the waiting of creation will be fulfilled. I hope you see the difference in this significance. If you want to learn more about the Bible's end time prophecies, In Grace and Pastor Jim Scudder have great resources that will help you. First, we have a large prophecy chart that we will send you absolutely free. And when you give a gift of any amount, you'll also receive our eight-part video series, Armageddon's Dawn, filmed in Israel. This series will give you a visual experience that will transport you to the very places mentioned in Revelation. We also would like to send you Pastor Jim's entire 43-sermon audio series, Armageddon's Dawn, on CD or MP3 for gifts of $30. Don't miss out on this opportunity to enrich your understanding of biblical prophecy. Contact In Grace today at 800-78-GRACE. That's 800-78-GRACE. Visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to In Grace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Get your free prophecy chart and unlock the secrets of the end times today. 1 Corinthians is the other place in Scripture that we learn so much about the rapture. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. That's how they know there's babies in heaven. Come on, that was funny. You've heard it a thousand times, right? So the shout of the descending Lord is going to awaken the sleeping, the believers, those that have died in faith, just like Jesus awoke Lazarus. It's this mystery, all the believers. And then it says in the next verse, in a moment, what can happen in a moment? In a moment, you can be walking down your steps and step on one of your kids' toys. In a moment, you'll be at the bottom of the steps. In a moment, in a moment, your kids... Well, you'll walk out of the room and your kids will have a a piece of art on the wall with crayons. In a moment, in a moment, they'll pick up a piece of of discarded candy bar on the playground and eat it. In a moment, things happen so quick. Remember when your parents used to say, just a moment, what did that mean? That mean anything but a moment. It could be a minute, two minutes, 30 minutes, 30 days, in a moment. Then it says, in the twinkling of an eye. Oh, this is happening really fast. A twinkling of an eye is the amount of time it takes for a ray of light to enter into your retina. How fast is light? 386,000 miles per hour. And you probably know there's more precision than that, but that's what I'm going with. 386,000 miles per hour. So a twinkle of an eye then is one-sixth, not of a second, one-sixth of a billionth of a second. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Do you see the two groups here? The dead, as soon as you die, you are corruptible. When you're alive, you are mortal. Do you see the difference? The Bible speaks when you're alive, you're mortal. When you die, you're corruptible. That's why when you die, you start to decompose while you're alive We're not decomposing yet. It might seem like it sometimes, but we're not. So it talks about the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we, that's the living, right? He's talking to living people in the church in Corinth. We, the living, shall be changed. So the mortal will put on immortality, right? The corruptible will be put on incorruption. 
And that's actually what it says exactly in the next verse, in verse 53. For this corruptible, the dead, must put on incorruption. They'll receive their new body. And the mortal, those that haven't died yet and aren't aren't corruptible, those mortal will put on immortality. This all happens in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. It's going to happen fast, and it's going to happen. You say, when? When? I need to know when. 1 John 3, 2, beloved, now we are sons of God, and it doth not appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, he's coming for his people in the air, when he shall appear, we shall see him as he is. I can't give you all the details of when the rapture will be. I'll give you more details on that next time. But Titus 2.13, and this is really what I want to get to today, knowing that, that the Lord's return is imminent, and he's coming back, and, and what it's going to be like, and, and it's a wonderful thought. Titus 2.13 says, looking for that blessed hope. Are you looking? Are you watching? Are you waiting? Are you excited? And glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. How do I know if I am looking forward to that? There's two ways. Look at my calendar, my planning calendar. Some of you used to use day planners, right? Remember those things? Anybody still use the day planner? Uh, There's some dinosaurs in here. That's cool. You don't have to put batteries in those things. You don't have to upgrade them, right? You just keep writing your things in them. I can check your planning calendar and to see if you're looking forward to the blessed hope. And I can also look at your checkbook and my checkbook. And if we analyze that, that will tell us if we are truly excited about the return of Christ. We know he's coming back. It's clearly taught in scripture. Are you ready? Are you ready? Someone once asked Fanny Crosby, the famous hymn writer, she's blind, kind of crassly. How are you, an old blind woman, going to know Jesus when he comes back? What a horrible thing to ask. But it made her think, and she went into her room, and she started to write these words. I shall know him. I shall know him. And redeemed by his side, I shall stand. I shall know him. I shall know him. How? By the prints of the nails in his hand. The only scars in heaven will be Jesus And we will know him by those nail prints in his hands, in his feet, in his side where the spear pierced him. Testimonies, memorial for all eternity of how much he loved us. Do you long for his return? Are you excited? Are you living for that day? I hope you are. Do you know him? Have you trusted in Christ as your only way to heaven? We're not trying to talk about religion to save you. We're not talking about giving offerings to save you or being baptized to save you. We're talking about being saved by faith, believing for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's what Jesus said. You trust in the sacrifice that God has made for us. Jesus had no sin. He died on the cross for sinners. His blood poured out. And the Bible says that we're saved by grace through faith not of ourselves, not of works. And if you look at most churches, they say you have to be good, you have to give to charity, you have to make sure your good outweighs your bad. The problem is our bad is so bad, one sin keeps us out of heaven. So therefore, it is a gift of God. It's not of ourselves, it's a gift of God, it's not of works. 
So it's that moment when we say, okay, I'm a sinner and I can't save myself no matter how good I try to be. Therefore, I put my trust, my faith in the Lord Jesus who was perfect and he poured out his blood. He's the son of God. He died for me. You say, that's all I have to do to be saved? Yes. Then that, don't take my word for it. Read the, read the Bible. That's what it says. You say, well, how come no one has ever told me that before? Because they're not reading the Bible. They're listening to what other people have said. They're, they're not really reading the Bible for themselves. That's the story of the scriptures. We're, we're saved by faith. See, we've all fallen short of the glory of God who's perfect. That sin separates us from him. It has to be dealt with. Jesus dealt with it on the cross. He paid for our sins. And the person that receives that has eternal life. And we are in him and he's in us through the spirit of God. And you can never be unborn. You can never lose that salvation. You are a son of God. And you're coming back with him to make manifest God in his glory who will finally put an end to sin and to the devil. And that's going to happen as sure as I'm standing here. I am absolutely 100% positive that Jesus is coming back and I'm coming with him because he's coming back for the church. And I hope you're longing for that day and looking forward for that blessed hope. Put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. I think Titus 2.13 is one of my favorite verses and I have a lot of favorites, but that one is just so powerful. Looking, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, I can't wait for the return of Jesus. First in the rapture, in the clouds to gather the church, and then his glorious return to this earth, the second coming in Jerusalem. And I plan on being part of both of those and all those that have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior on this earth will also be part of that gathering of the saints. And so let's look for that hope. Let's long for that hope. Let's live for that hope. Before we go, I would love to make sure you are equipped to better understand Bible prophecy. We have a resource that is absolutely free. We're going to mail it to you as our thank you that you're a loyal listener, either on the radio or the podcast. And this is going to help you visually see the panorama of end time events. It's the Armageddon's Dawn prophecy chart. You can go to our website and order it there. Or you could even download it and just view it on your device, on your smartphone, your tablet, your computer. You can even print it. And so we encourage you to either order it or get it digitally. And when you go to ingraceradio.com, there you'll find the Armageddon's Dawn resources. You can click on the free prophecy chart. While you're there, though, let me mention this. We've got a really great video series. It's eight parts. It's filmed in Israel, all around the places that these things are actually going to happen. I also have some great Bible prophecy teachers on the video series with me. A pastor in Jerusalem, Menno Kalischer, a great Bible prophecy teacher, Randall Price, the great author and writer of a lot of prophetic events, Joel Rosenberg, and a dear friend of mine who's involved with Israel and Jewish ministry, his name is Mark Robinson. So these are great Bible prophecy teachers and all filmed in Israel. You're going to really be blessed when you get the 
eight-part video series, Armageddon's Done. We're going to send that to you as a thank you for your gift of any amount to In Grace. To make sure we continue to preach the gospel on the radio and with digital podcast and digital streaming, your gift of any amount will really help us. And even if it's a small amount, that's fine. We're going to send you the Armageddon's Dawn video series. Now, if you want everything, we also have a 43-part audio message series that you can get as well. Contact us today, ingraceradio.com or 1-800-78-GRACE. Are you ready for an end times journey of biblical proportions? Get the stunning Armageddon's Dawn Prophecy Chart for free. Or give any amount and receive the incredible Armageddon's Dawn 8-part video series. Plus, you can order the 43-part audio preaching series. Contact InGrace today at 800-78-GRACE, ingraceradio.com, or write to InGrace at P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us 800 78 Grace or go online ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.